You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Empire. Play Fantasy Baseball Show with D. Mindy. Little Cheesecake and Doc starts now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome in to another episode of the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show. Proud member of Empire Media and the Empire Media Podcast Network. D. Mindy here, joined by dessert that's filled with cheese and a Teoscar Hernandez-like crust. That's Art Tornaveni. AKA a little cheesecake, DLC. LC, how's it going? It's good. I'm I'm not crusty like Tiasker Hernandez. I'm crusty like your eyeballs when you wake up in the morning, David, <laughs> with the green gunk in the corner, crusty eyeballs. Uh, but I, uh, no, actually, no, my cake is crusty like Tiasker, I guess. No, you're crusty like crusty eyeballs, though. That's all I'm saying. Well, what a way to start the show. <laughs> Uh, I was, I realized that the, our audience, maybe the hardcore listeners, maybe remembered that we had a bet about Teoscar Hernandez versus Trent Grisham that I now get to cash in on. I had to make sure that I didn't forget to bring it up with cheesecake before we started here. So if you guys, if you guys remember this bet, it's the winner, whoever had the higher player rater according to Razball, the loser has to have their profile picker changed by the winner. I believe it was for one week or two weeks. I I think it was one week. Okay. I, I'm not, I'm, my memory is my memory is one week. Um, okay. We're gonna have to go to our best super fan who who might keep track of this on a spreadsheet somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe there's one out there. <laughs> well, if, if there is, then I would love for them to pick it. But yeah, I'm gonna a... <laughs> I'm gonna figure a good time before I'll, I'll have cheesecake change his picture. When he's back in the Twitter sphere a little bit more, and if people are going to appreciate it, that you I'm can't be- wait a second. You can't hold off on punishment. This is this is a habeas corpus or something like that. Here, Come here, on now. Here's my thing. It has to be before next baseball season starts. There I think it is. that's fair. That's. I mean, there that's that's what, that was 100 percent going to happen. But I think part of the punishment is not knowing when the punishment's going to come. That's that's just torturous, man. What is this? I don't even know what the picture's going to be. I got this dangling over my head all winter. Come on. Uh, one day in our group chat, I'm just going to upload a picture and be like, here you go. <laughs> Whenever you're ready. <laughs> oh, it's going to be fantastic. Of course, the other part of this show, you already know. Someone who wishes that a serial taste tester was his full-time job. It's the doc. <laughs> hey, Eric Mendelson, what's up? You know, David, I was going to come back with something of Teoscar Hernandez, but a serial taste tester full-time would be pretty good. Yeah, I mean, you would sit in a chair and just get to taste some of your favorite cereals. If you had to rank I, top three on the spot, Doc, what would they be? Count Chocula, Frosted Flakes, Fruity Pebbles. Very decisive. I didn't know Fruity Pebbles was in your top three. But Fruity, I, Fruity I, Pebbles is good, but not all of us can eat two boxes of cereal in one sitting like you. Yeah, it's... 
it's an addiction. That's why cereal is not usually in my house. But we're not talking about just cereal, or we're talking about Teoscar Hernandez. Well, maybe maybe Teoscar Hernandez gets brought up. Who knows? Because in today's episode, we have our too early 2022 mock draft with the playoffs going in full force. We fantasy baseball players need something to talk about. We're honestly we're starved. We're starved for content. So what are we gonna do? We're going to, without much ADP to go off of, since the market hasn't really been set yet, we're going to mock draft the first two rounds for our 2022 drafts. Obviously, that will be happening as the months go on in this offseason here. Since there's going to be four of us here, because we're going to be joined by the Draft Champions podcast host, the man himself, Mr. Zach Waxman, we've got the four of us here drafting three teams each in a 12-team mock, going through the front end to back end and then back to the front end. And uh, it's going to be a fun time. Who knows who's going to get taken? Obviously, we're going to make some mistakes with no ADP set. But you know what? We like living dangerously, and that's what we're going to do tonight. So stay tuned for that. After we go to our bullpen for our question of the week, which player in Major League Baseball can eat the most slash has the biggest appetite and our game of the week come in and shut the door? So if you guys are ready to get another episode started, then, man, we're here to do it for you. Let's do it! Yeah. Cheesecake looks so just distraught and upset. <laughs> I just thought of a really, uh, really dark player that can eat the most response. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I, I can't, I can't say that one. <laughs> oh, oh, that's what we call a teaser. I feel like you might have to at this point. Maybe, maybe when we're off air. Before we go to the main show, you'll tell us, and then just so we can see it. Just, it just popped into my head, and it's like, no, can't say that. That's a teaser. Now I'm interested. <laughs> well, no, well, I don't even remember what I'm saying anymore. Anyway, news and notes that we're talking about here. Of course, the playoff series are what's taking place in all of baseball. There's not much besides just the playoffs to talk about. So we're going to kind of t- look at each series here, starting with the Red Sox, going past the Rays in the first round, 3-1. to one. There was a big controversial play. I guess not so controversial because it is technically in the rubric, rule book. Hunter Renfro, where a uh, ball was off the wall, hit Hunter Renfro in the hip off the bat of Kevin Kiermeyer, and it went over the wall for a ground rule double when it was going to score Yandy Diaz from first. That ultimately ended up not allowing the Rays to plate the go-ahead run and allowed the Red Sox to go ahead and take it in the bottom of the inning. So that was obviously a mute point in the fact that there was so much other stuff that went down in this series. The Rays obviously did not really have a traditional pitching staff. The Red Sox had Nathan Evaldi as their ace who pitched well and also didn't have very much stabilization behind that. Cheesecake, you have a rant. And you've teased the rant for the last five minutes to us off camera. So I want to go to you first. What are your thoughts on this series? Well, the the rant is all about this this quote-unquote controversy about Hunter Renfro and the ball going out of play. What sort of content hungry, you know, starving for content, whiny BI double hockey sticks, I don't even know, is going to think that. Oh, what, Bill? I don't know. <laughs> Bills. Yeah. Hockey, what's a ho- hockey stick is L's. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. H-E double hockey sticks. Bitches, that's what I'm talking about. Bitches who whine because their team went lost on a rule that is in the rule book. Oh, you're going to whine because a strike gets called? No. Are you going to whine because a ball goes out of play? If Yandy Diaz had rounded third 
he would have gotten home. But he's slow, so he didn't get round third. The ball's out of play. It's the rule. I can't believe we got people still here going, trying to trying to drum up controversy, trying to drum up content because they are unoriginal and lazy and can't think of anything new. They just want to find something that might that might get a fan base upset. So they're gonna tweak at it, tease at it. Oh, we gotta get this changed before next year. Why? Change it to what? To what? Can I play devil? What are we going to change it to? Because I actually disagree with Cheesecake a little bit on this. Oh, go ahead, Doc. Let's let's create some controversy here. So totally agree with if it bounces and goes over the fence, it's a ground rule double. But it's not going that way. Like it ricochets off the wall and then a Red Sox player to go over for the ground rule double. So for me, that's a little bit of a mulligan because let's say he's in a different position. Then Andy Diaz is scoring. There's no way that that's going to be a ground rule double. I think. To eliminate that, you got to have either, you know, the fence is higher or something along that line. It's like if it's a normal ground rule double, yes. But the fact that it ricocheted off a home team player and it benefited that, that's what I don't agree with. But the, the uniformity of fences is not a rule in baseball. It's one of the best idiosyncrasies of baseball is that each field has its own thing that you have to combat when you're playing in that field, like the really high wall in that field and the really low wall in right field in Fenway Park. Or, you know, really deep down the lines at Wrigley or uh, really short down the lines at Yankee Stadium. You know, these are things that you go into every ballpark, you play it as it lays. Baseball's not like the other sports where there's uniform field sizes. So the fact that this bounced out of play, like they used to, it used to be that if a ball got stuck in the ivy at Wrigley Field and you couldn't see it, which would happen, it was out of play. And like, Play outfielders, this was before there was replay, got really good at just tossing it into the ivy, you know, because they didn't want to have to turn around and try to throw a guy out at home. This wasn't something like that. He wasn't trying to, to like knock it out to, to, to save himself. This was an honest mistake. Uh, and anyone but, but who thinks. I, I would count this more as interference rather than a ground rule double because like the ball is in play. Like it, he, he interferes with it. So the fact that it changes direction of it. So there should so be a rule for me, implemented. It's not a ballpark question, but it's more of a changing how the ball was ruled kind of let question. Me, let me ask you guys this. If the ball hits off the wall and Hunter Renfro kicks it over the fence, what is the ruling then? Kicks it like intentionally? Like let's say it hits off the wall. And Hunter Hunter Renfro, not like a blatant like soccer kick where he's like loading up and just kicks it over, but let's say he's it like he's running to the ball, and it, like as he's running to the ball, he he kicks it over the fence, like you know where if you like you're running at a ball and if you accidentally your foot hits it first, and it mm-hmm. goes over the fence, what would you have ruled it? I mean, he's as long as he's not actively trying to throw it over the fence. The runners get one, get the next base in their path. And then we go to the next pitch. If Diaz had been around 30, he'd have gotten home. He's not fast enough to have gotten home on that play. As long as he's not doing it on purpose, then you just apply the rule as it is. What's the use of having, there's just no alternative that actually works. There's too much of a judgment call, you know, like, oh, this time it's a big game. So, so we're going to give them the base. 
or it's an extra inning, so we give them the base. I don't understand how you're going to cut that fine of a line on an issue such as this. It's just not not workable in my eyes. What if the only thing I can think of, and I know we have to get a, to a few other ones here really quickly. What if the what if they implemented something in the rules where they said if if it makes contact with a player and goes over the fence, you add an extra base. So if it's like a ground rule double, if it like mm. bounces in play and goes over, then it's a ground rule double. But if it makes contact with a player and goes over the fence, then it should be just an that. extra base. So like that would be the only thing I could think of that they could change. In that situation, he would have gotten three bases instead of two, and he would have scored because it made contact mm-hmm. with Renfro rather than just bouncing and playing going over. I think that's the only way I could see something changing. If that doesn't happen, then they're just going to keep it as it is. You would have to have some sort of a this or that rule. Yeah, like that. That would be the only way to work it. I like that. I like that. Uh, if, it, if it gets implemented, remember where you guys heard this idea first. Uh, Mendelssohn. So a few other series, obviously, the Astros beat the White Sox 3-1 to one as well. There was a lot of, hey, these guys are cheating from the White Sox side. Uh, a couple of players on that side, manager brought it up. Dusty Baker kind of fired back with some things. Same with Lance McCullers. Doc, what were your thoughts on this series? I think many aren't surprised to see the Astros advancing, but the way they did in such a dominating fashion was kind of surprising. Yeah, I mean, they're advancing to their fifth straight CS, and they're a talented team. I just hate whenever somebody brings it up and everybody's like, well, are we going to do this for any time that somebody brings something up? No, it's the playoffs versus a team that did this in the past and never properly got punished. Everybody that was on that 2017 team that actually committed it didn't receive any punishment. The people that got the actual brunt of what happened are no longer with the team. Why would the players have no incentive to cheat again? They don't. They obviously don't care about their reputation. They get booed at almost every park they go to. It's something that's commonly brought up that will probably be brought up the rest of their careers. But their World Series uh, win didn't get taken away. Like the fact that people actually defended the Astros like they were victims is just mind-boggling. Yeah, I mean, again, it's anytime the Astros come up, it's always I think going to be something at least for the near future. And they actually I think had uh, a better on both sides of the ball, they had, I think they scored more runs and had a better pitching staff as far as ERA and, and all the good stuff when they were on the road. I, I'm, I don't have that 100% documented, but I remember hearing it, I think, on a podcast that they had said their road numbers were better than their home numbers. So that was kind of the, to combat them saying they were cheating again. But two other series still going on, or one ended, the Brewers and Braves, 3-1 to one Braves. Really rooting hard for the Brewers. I wanted to see some new blood there, but they're pitching Someone compared it to the Braves back when they had Smoltz, Glavin, and Maddox, that they have three horses, three of the best pitchers you could have going in the playoffs, but they just didn't have any hitting. And the rest of their team, especially without Devin Williams, was very shaky in that bullpen too. Uh, it just sometimes you can't just ride out three pitchers. You have to have other pieces, and they didn't have them. Uh, so I don't think, are either of you shocked to have seen the Braves advance? Not at all. Not at all. I picked them to go to the World Series, actually, and... uh and I still see it. They're playing very good. Their pitching is looking very good. And Milwaukee was a very good hitting team all season. So their pitching did very well. Yeah. And then the one that's going tonight right now, actually, as we're recording, I thought they might all be over, but nope. Dodgers and Giants game five tonight. Julio Urias versus Logan Webb. Wait, wait, wait. It's Corey Nabel. Yeah. Yeah. Corey Knable's opening. Is he really? Corey is, yeah. they're, do- they're doing a bullpen game. Mm-hmm. I didn't see that. I, uh, I just I announced it this afternoon. Yeah, yeah, and you also didn't announce that Mike Schilt got fired. 
I mean, I I did these this morning when I was at work, so I did not anything that happened this afternoon. I did not see. Yeah, so that's kind of the Cardinals saying bye bye to their skipper. That's interesting. That's very yeah. interesting, especially with how well they ended the season too. So yeah. let me let me ask you guys: If they beat the Dodgers, do you think he stays? Because they said it was yeah, uh, it was it was difference in the direction that they want to take the organization. I don't think there's any way they fire him after that if they beat the Dodgers. Yeah, that's my viewpoint. I don't yeah. think they do either. Um, who do you guys got tonight? Giants. Well, yeah. So, so the the Dodgers have been shut out in both of their losses, and I predict if the Dodgers are shut out again, the Giants will win this game. Wow! So. Great analysis. I I actually have the Dodgers winning this game. I have the Logan, Webb, well. Logan Webb has been probably one of the most dominant pitchers the last three months that nobody's talked about. Yeah, I mean, his ADP is going to skyrocket as these playoffs keep going. If they win tonight, especially, and he gets a few more appearances, especially if they make the World Series and he's on a national stage like that. Um, but yeah, I, right now, I think it's, I think Dodgers, I won't be shocked if the Giants win, but I think the Dodgers make it to the CS. But we'll see what happens. It's going to be a fun game tonight. If you're enjoying fun games, you're enjoying Cheesecake's laughs, you're enjoying Doc's whatever doc does then all the content at triple play fantasy want to hear more of what we got check out all the great things on our network we've got our football and basketball podcast as well as the super fantasy bros between the seams with marty and mac and the tripwire shorter content on our youtube channel like coaches corners fantasy foodies and movie minutes all that of course again great stuff on the youtube if you like writing you can check out tripplayfantasy.com where you'll see all of the great articles from our talented writers and stay in the know by following the account on social media at TripPlayFantasy on Twitter. Now, fellas, Christmas is coming up on us quick. Like a deranged psychopath in the night, it's going to be here before we know it. It's actually 10 weeks from tomorrow, believe it or not. Don't be caught lacking without Triple Play Fantasy content or merch, because I'm telling you, you're going to make someone happy this holiday season, and you can sleep in that bed and not on the couch, because we know that couch is even colder on Christmas, and that's no cap. So we're going to jump into... Our too early 2022 mock draft with Zach Waxman right after this quick break. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Woo, doggy! We are live, we are large and in charge, and we are ready for some fun fantasy baseball talk tonight on this Thursday night on October 14th, 2021. Of course, you know me, D-Mendy, joined by the two handsome gentlemen that make this show what it is. That is, of course, Little Cheesecake and The Doc. Fellas, are you ready for a fun show tonight? I was until you said the large and in charge. I don't know if that and baseball go together, but uh, giddy up, I guess. Yeah, giddy up, lodging in charge. You know what we do here. Cheesecake, you, how you feeling, buddy? I'm feeling good. I'm ready to draft a winner right now. All right. You're already teasing. You teased in the intro. You're teasing now what we're doing. So everybody knows who we have on the show if you read the description on the show. So I, I'm going to not tease this anymore and get to our guests right away here. With the... Uh, playoffs going in full swing we had to bring the, a big hitter so we welcome in a man who is very rich specifically twenty thousand dollars richer 
He's a fantasy baseball member of the FSWA and host of the Draft Champions podcast on Rotoballer. He's a Blue Jays stan where he had his heart ripped out from him by the Washington Nationals on the last day of the regular season. Ladies and gentlemen, the man that waxes his competition in the DC 50s. It is Mr. Zach Waxman. What's going on, man? What's up? Thanks for having me. Thanks for the intro. Um, and um, thanks for the memo for the to wear a yellow shirt. <laughs> you know what? It's kind of interesting. I'm wearing neon. You're wearing yellow. Doc, or, uh, Cheesecake's wearing some weird tie-dye. Well, this tie-dye. is a weird shirt show. Who wears tie-dye shirts anymore? I guess Cheesecake does. This is a uh, Murphy's Bleachers, which is right across the street from Ridley Field. This is the Jimmy Buffett concert shirt for Murphy's oh, Bleachers. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I'm, it's very stylish. Uh, but I had to first start out with the $20,000, which I heard. So I have an insider. The insider is Mike Curlin, who told me that you're like, ask him about his 20000 or you sold a card for $20,000, right? When uh, it, and uh, which card was that that you sold? It was a Mantle Rookie, actually. Ooh. Sold it for twenty five grand, in fact. And um, I think I, I bought it years and years ago in the 90s. For like two thousand bucks, so um, it got it graded, graded a three, and then we sold it in an auction in uh, Pennsylvania, actually. So, um, yeah, that that helped pay for some of the buy-ins that I that I um, that I um, that I bought in for this year in fantasy and in, in prior years. Yeah, I mean, I'll say. And then we were talking a little bit before we started recording about the success you had this season with your fantasy baseball twenty twenty one. You were number one in at least the Docs division in TGFBI. Would you finish overall? I don't know. Not super high, like fifties maybe. Oh, you're putting all of us. To, I, I was happy Uh-oh. finishing eighty-one, and then. Well, that's not super like for winning your league. It's not like relative to the other people that place first in their divisions. I don't think it was that that high. Well, we just had so much competition in ours. Like we, our was, division like, was kind of stacked. Our division was loaded, man. Bubba, Ryan, Bluefield. Like, um, man, like I'm missing people. Like, yeah, it was a tough one. Carlos Marcano. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, you also talked about. I'll, I'll let you talk about the other thing that you talked about when that you actually won this. What did you win this past season? You're referring to the um, online auction championship, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm pretty happy about winning that, to be honest. Um, that, that's something that I, I wanted to do. I wanted to, like, I started playing NFBC last year, 2020 short season, did not have a good year. I'll, I'll blame it on the short season. That's my excuse. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know. Unlucky injuries, part of it. Shitty drafting, another part of it. But, um, yeah, no, I really wanted to come out in 2021 and, and have a good season and just sort of get get some get some respect as um, someone that's playing the high stakes. And I, I, I think by winning an overall like that, I hope I, I'm on my way there to, do, to achieving that, that goal. Well, you have our respect at the very what, least, that's for sure. What was your favorite uh, auction buy of, the, of, your, uh, of your draft this year? That draft, um, I'm going to go boring and say my best buy was Trey Turner. Like, he was just so good. Like yeah, yeah. I I spent I spent up for him, but it was worth every penny. And then I think um, another uh, Altuve I got for Altuve was a guy coming off of a bad season. I got him I think in that particular auction, real cheap, like twelve bucks or something like that. Wow, nice. um, so that was another good buy. Yeah, I mean, anytime you're going to win something like that, you definitely have to hit, and you definitely did. And Trey Turner being your first round pick, I assume, he stayed worked. healthy. He stayed yeah. healthy this year. Exactly. 
Yeah, so that's well, yeah, my most expensive pick. There was no rounds because it was an auction, but um, oh right, yeah, right, right, yeah, yeah. Turner and Altuve were some of them, and yeah, that's yeah, it's awesome. And uh, who was your number one pitcher on your staff? Um, I think I, I had Burns and Giolito. I, I spent um, those were my two most expensive pitchers, and I, and I also got I think um, wasn't wasn't an expensive one, but I also got Freddie Peralta in that auction too. I think I bought him for I overspent at the time seven bucks. But um, you ended up being worth more than that. That's just, awesome. Freddie yeah. Peralta was one of the guys I, I really liked coming into the season. Yeah, he was right. Yeah, it was, again, things have to go the right for that to go as well as it did for you, and it did. Very happy for you. Uh, hopefully now you take it easy on us when we get into what we're doing today. And that's our 2022 two-round mock draft. It's too early, we know. The playoffs are obviously in full swing here, but we're starved for content, so we need to make it's not sure. Not too early. I'm I'm already on my second real draft of the year. I'm, I'm like I'm I got a sickness. <laughs> You're a degenerate, and I love it. Yeah, I'm a, I'm addicted to gambling. I guess I don't know. Is, this, is that is that? I'll admit it on on the triple play on the triple play fantasy podcast. I'm admitting it. Finally, never admitted this before. I'm addicted. I'm addicted to gambling. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. Like is this like, this this involves some skill, so it's not like all it's not like I'm some old lady playing the slot machines. Like, yeah, that, that's uh, the right. thing is you're addicted you're addicted, but you're making money, which makes it now a hobby, which makes it okay. Sure. Right. Last year I lost money, so that was not good. But well, we look at we look at it overall like the stock market. Like you're <laughs> overall up, so Okay, yeah, no, I'm 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 for that. So you're yeah, you're um you're feeding my addiction right now. Anytime uh gambling's brought up on this show, Doc on Mac, he could be on his phone, he could be on another tab on his computer. Here's perk up. Yeah, he perks up, he's ready to go. You got you got money in the games tonight, the football and the baseball games? Uh no, I might live bet it. I I wanted to do a first touchdown prop bet tonight, but I'm staying away. I should have done I know this, this is the one thing I'll say football related. I had Donald Parham as my captain in DFS a few weeks ago, and I would have picked him as a first touchdown prop bet if I had even like thought about doing that. And it was apparently a forty to one payout too. So I would have, I mean, twenty five to win a grand. I would have definitely done that, and uh, it hurt when I didn't actually do it. But uh, I do a lot of DFS. That's that's like my gambling. Um, but anyway, yeah, it, it, it's addicting. But of course. DFS is one form of drafting. We're here to do the regular form of drafting. Mock drafting. First two rounds if we were drafting in 2022. I've got four drafts. of us here. I don't so, know. Anyone, anyone that knows me, they, they know I love mock drafts. Knows that what? What? I, lo- I, loved, I love mock drafts. Oh, you love mock drafts? That, that's yeah. what we're doing. We're, we're going to mock draft it up. We're mocking like it's, uh, like it's 1999. We're mocking like it's going out of style. It's going to be fun. Obviously, 12 teams will be four of us. So we're going to do three teams each. And if you are able to watch on the YouTube, I recommend you watch the YouTube because we're about to get really fun here. We're going to determine the draft order with the 100-yard rush. Now, Zach, have you ever done this before? Um, virtually, no. All right, so we're going to do the 100-yard rush style where whoever gets to the finish line first makes the pick. So we're okay. going to basically do the order as they finish here. That's going to be uh, – just you'll stay with me. Basically, the first – However, between the four of us, it finishes. That's how we're going to do the order for all 12. You know you only have eight people on there, David? No, because I was trying to do four, but you have to do a minimum of six. So I basically put our regular names and then a nickname. And so basically, if, like, let's say Art finishes first, 
And then, Doc, your first guy finishes fourth. My first guy finishes seventh. I'll just let you tell me which spots I'm picking. Yeah, okay, that, that's the easy way to do it. All right. How anytime, do we how do we work this? Do we anytime, press space anytime, bar? You guys always want me to shuffle it all or just go? Once. All right, shuffled once. All right. No handicap. You We're guys want to bet on who wins? <laughs> Beating the, the addiction. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if you guys would rig this. You're, you're trying to, I, I didn't more. handicap it. Um, I, I want to see the names to see who I can bet. Uh, we'll do David, I, I, David, I think your normal David wins. Okay, I'm going with um, Art. Yeah. So uh, the cheesecake I, or Art? How do, how do we, do we, I want the art. I think art wins. I'm going to go what with are, what are we betting? What are we betting on this? That's a good question. I'll go with the wax figure. <laughs> right. Uh, we're going to bet, um, you got to tweet out something embarrassing and not put any context to it. Okay. So the other person gets to say what the other person has to tweet. Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is going to be interesting. All right. You All right. Ready? Yeah. All right, come on, David. This is the first time I've ever rooted for you in anything. Come on! All right, here they go. Again, if you're on the YouTube version, this is where you get to watch this draft order unfold live. Oh, my God, look at Art with that. Let's go. Let's go. Oh, David, Art. why are you so oh. slow? Oh, my gosh, I'm definitely losing. Well, I'm killing it. My wax figure is... Oh, my wax figure! Oh. Yep. I don't oh, know wait, David, you came in third. Oh wait, you I don't remember who picked two. No, Eric, Doc, you came in third. Art. No, no, I, I, I picked David. This is it. bullshit. Art. <laughs> Art. Art. Oh god, that was embarrassing. Okay. Art screwed me. Look All at right. that. Even <laughs> draft order is perfect. It's gonna be. So who has to tweet out something bad or not bad, but like? Um, um, None of us. We got it all wrong. Okay. No, David That's has to tweet. I thought the last place. No, we were yeah, I, finishes first. If, if we if ah. we got if we got it, then the other people did. Yeah, we're, we're ah. all out of that. But but look at that. The draft order turns out perfect. It's Zach first, then cheesecake, and then Doc, and then me. And it came okay. out perfectly right. just like that. So how that that's that's gonna work? We're gonna do one through four, and then we'll repeat for five through eight, and we'll repeat for nine through twelve. All right. Okay, and then backwards. All exactly, right. exactly. All so right, whatever right, you're right. using to write down your picks, I'm going to probably on my phone pad just so we don't repeat. I'll make sure I have all the picks. Um, so that way this is be- this is Roto, right, that we're drafting? Yeah, 5x5 five five Roto. Thanks for clearing that up. Most common form right now. Zach, you have the first pick for 2022 Roto. Are you going with your guy, Trey Turner, or are you going in a different direction? I'll think about this because we did a, we did a mock draft earlier in uh, a couple of weeks ago with Matt Williams, and um, I had the first overall pick in that as well, and I went with Garrett Cole. So I'm am I gonna waffle on this and go with somebody other than Garrett Cole here? I was a 12 person league. This is this is also a 12 person league because we're multiplying each other by three, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, uh, so Garrett Cole is your number one pitcher for next year, really? Yeah. You're not concerned. I, I got this off Simeone's uh, him sipping coffee. Did you know that uh, <laughs> yeah. a- after the crackdown, Garrett Cole's ERA was three point nine five. So I, I like mm. that you're sticking with him, though. Yeah, I think he's going to figure it out with the sticky stuff. Um, yeah, he's real close with Burns. Um, I don't want to give away the rest of this. Uh, I'll just go with Trey Turner. I'm going to I'm going to mix it up. Ah. I've, I've done uh, I've done some thinking, and I'm going to go with Trey. Oh, there we go. Sticking with his guy. I like it. Obviously, it's a very safe pick. If he stays healthy in that Dodgers lineup, 
you know he's going to give you close to 30 steals. I think he finished with 28 or 29 this year, if I'm not mistaken. Or did he, he did actually a little over 30, didn't he? It was 28 homers he had to be short of the 30-30 season. I'm double-checking right now. but Yeah, I'm not sure. That sounds, it's, it's around, it was really close to 30. Yeah, so I mean, he's, he's close to a 30-30 as you can get. He had 32 steals, 28 homers. So yeah, 30, I mean, he's, he's money. Obviously, if he's healthy, this is an amazing pick, which you have to assume health. And, uh, I think that's a great way to go at number one. And I think you're going to see that a lot. I've heard actually a lot of people talk about taking him one this year in roto formats. So let's go next with Cheesecake, who now is the second pick. Trey Turner. I thought I had, I thought I had the second pick. Did you? I'm already. No, it's me. That's what I thought. It's it's me and then you and then, and David. Uh, second pick. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with Shohei Otani for the second pick. And I'm just going to assume that I can, that I can manage him really well and get the pit, get some pitching luck out of him too. So, hey, okay. all right. So, oh, so I knew you obviously assume he's going to be a first round pick in most leagues. Now, Zach, in your personal opinion, would you take him as high as two or are you waiting towards closer to maybe the back end of the first? Yeah, no, I'm not taking Otani in the second pick. Um, yeah, more back end. Um, I don't know. Otani's seen, he's probably one of the guys I'm probably going to stay clear of next year just because of Agreed. like his second half and just like his batted ball data, just, uh, like he's a 250 hitter, um, probably like basically 250 hitter, but he's going to get you a lot of home runs to the bases. Um, yeah. So I think, um, in, in the position that he plays, like in, in the, in the, in the, in the NFBC leagues, you're not going to play him as a pitcher. You're basically going to play him as a hitter yeah. every week yeah. and he's going to take up that utility spot. So, no, nah, he's more back half of first for me, I guess. Like, if that. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously you talk about his second half and uh, he tailed off. And I, that's the thing that I think scares me as well is that this was his career season. And you're buying you're buying on what you saw and maybe not potentially what is going to be there, obviously. Um, and do you even think he pitches all of 2021? Like, I think it's so interesting. The Angels are like, yeah, we're going to limit his workload. And then five days later, throws eight innings. <laughs> and I'm just like, why? You're already out of yeah. contention. Like, this is why you suck as an organization. Yeah, the Angels are probably one of the worst organizations for managing their players. What's going yeah. on with Trout? Like, like, that's like, he's got like... Yeah. Got no you know what's on. crazy? Remember when we compared Bryce Harper and we're like, okay, he's not going to be Mike Trout. But like two years later, you'd probably have Bryce Harper over Mike Trout just because of the availability, right? Right. It's close. Yeah. yeah. Where I don't know where to draft Trout this year. Well, just we're going to find out like in, in a matter of minutes. Yeah. Anybody going to take him? All right. Well, as I'm pulling this up, because for some reason on Baseball Savant, they show his pitching splits, but they didn't show his hitting splits. So I'm just looking up. That uh, Otani's hitting splits at the end of last. I think he was like a 220 hitter, approximately the, the second half. Yeah. So okay. So first half, 279 batting average on Fangraphs. Now 279 batting average, 33 homers, 70 RBIs. Second half, he had 13 homers, 30 RBIs at 229. So obviously a, a huge. You could whether it's the home run derby, whether it's just that <laughs> eventually the league caught up with him, whatever mm-hmm. it is. That that part does scare me a little bit, and uh, I, but 
I get the the pitching appeal too, Art. That the that's pitching why. appeal and the power speed combo, like the the forty home run power uh, with that speed, it, it is it is special. I don't think there's anyone else who comes close to to that sort of power speed combo. And it's sort of a you know banking on the batting average making a little bit of a comeback, or just I think hoping that he can can beat that two fifty, maybe two sixty, two seventy with that power speed. And I think that's worth the second pick. Fair enough. And if you can get anything out of the pitching, that would be great too. But yeah, in NFBC, it would be hard to see him actually used as a pitcher. Now that I think about it, that's fair enough. Uh, let's move to the third pick. Air Force, they're all not going to be that long. And let's go to Doc. Who's the third pick off the board for you? I mean, I got to go with my guy, Mookie Betts. I know he had a down year this year, the lowest batting average of his career, hitting 264. Still going to give you double digit steals, 10 stolen bases in 122 games. Only 29 years old, hit 23 homers. And I just like taking guys in the first round or with my early picks that are, that are in a good offense, give them more RBI and run opportunities. So, yeah, maybe he doesn't have that high ceiling that he used to, but barring injury, you know he's going to be a steady Eddie. I mean, sometimes you take what the draft gives you, and when you dump when you when you dump this person on my lap, Juan Soto. I mean, no, not Juan Soto. If you dump this person on my lap, I mean, if Fernando Tatis Jr. is going to show up at my door, knock a knock, ask for a bowl of cereal or something, I'm going to let him in. I, no, no, you wouldn't give him a bowl of cereal because you ate two boxes today. Yeah, well, it doesn't matter. The man had led the National League in home runs with 42, hit 25 stolen bases, and he didn't even have over, he didn't even reach 550 plate appearances. Obviously, he missed some time with injuries. He might not even been fully right this year. And the man is still putting up this type of numbers. It is unreal what he could do, obviously, in a full season if he didn't get hurt. You got to think if Trey Turner can go one season where he pretty much stays healthy. <laughs> that Tatis could eventually have that for him as well. His K percentage was up a little bit this year than it was in the short in 2020, but it was better than his rookie season. Walk percentages are up. Across the board, he's in the elite things for everything, like barrel percentages, exit velocities, max EV. His expected batting average is still pretty good right around what he hit. I mean, goodness gracious, Fernando Tatis is obviously an MVP candidate every year. He's going to give you a ton of stolen bases, a ton of home runs. He's going to give you some batting average. I think him at the fourth pick, I'm happy I'll take that all day, every day. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you like having a, a stress with your first-round pick of a guy that's going to have his shoulder pop out every two weeks, sure. Well, I, so I got a question. What's what's the deal with that? Because it's been two weeks since the season's over, and we've heard nothing about Tatis. I was thinking about this today. Like, if he was gonna have surgery, wouldn't you want to have it like ASAP? So you're gonna you have the best chance of being. Do you there? do you feel like they do you feel like they go the rehab route first, like the the rigor? I feel like with Tommy John, like oh we're like Tyler Glass now, like we're gonna go rigorous rehab for his UCL, and then Tommy John is like last option. Like I feel like you go with the rigorous rehab before any major surgery. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Um, I would like. I, I'm not a doctor. I don't know. What, I don't know what they. I don't know what he needs to have happen. But he seemed to be great um, for the rest of the year after he was injured, which was hugely surprising based on like watching that injury and watching him get re-injured. But I really don't know. I wanted to know more information, but um, I would have taken that. I would have taken him there for sure in, in, in this mock draft as well. Yeah, it's perfect. He's just too well, good. Exactly. And now it's back to you, Zach. So I guess I sniped your second team. Oh, we're not even we're not even doing a snake. So I like both of my team. I'm I'm getting a huge advantage here. 
because I got well, no, no. We're gonna we're, reverse it back when we go. Yeah, we're, we're, we're right. each we're each picking three different teams. Yeah, three right. different, so I, a I, new team. A new I get team. It. Okay, but I like, even like I get my first and fifth, I get first and fifth. Okay, um, I'll go with Garrett Cole. Takes some uh, pitching. Still gets his guy. Still gets his guy. First pitcher off the board. I think it makes sense with the Grom and the amount of injuries question marks that come with him right now. Shane Bieber was obviously in this class before, and now you would expect he's going to take maybe a, a bump down to the second round. And I don't think anybody's bumping Corbin Burns up to this high yet, uh, even no matter what he did. I, I mean, maybe he's going as high as five. Did he? Where did he go in your guys' mock that you he, did? He went. Um, uh, where did he go? Tenth. Yeah, I could see that more than in the top five. Um, yeah. So, I mean, but I, I think that's Garrett Cole is definitely the safest pick there. And I don't disagree. I also like taking pitchers early, too. So I think that's a great call. Garrett Cole obviously did have his bumps in the road, but the strikeout percentages he still had were still pretty good. Obviously, you have to expect also they did this midseason. And while he had obviously some bad starts, it looked like that he was pitching a little bit better down the stretch if you take out the playoff game. So I think give him the full offseason. I think he'll be back to what you would expect, or at least most of it. So I like the pick there. Cheesecake, let's go back to you now for the sixth pick. Who is this team taking? Um, I think I'm just going to go simple and go with someone who had a great season with Bo Bichette with the sixth pick. Bo Bichette? Uh, high batting average, high counting stats, and that power-speed combo. Bo Bichette, who is... I actually put this question on Twitter. Is he the number one dynasty league player right now? Pretty damn close. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think he's up there. Again, Some people don't agree with you, David. No, not everybody agrees, and that's fine. He actually was number two on the Rasball Player Raider from last year. So, uh, again, a great season. He's going to give you stolen bases. He's also a close to a 30-30 guy in a full season. He's going to hit and arguably the best lineup in baseball. Can score a ton of runs. It's it's a good pick. I well, I'm not going to ask this for I'm not going to ask this for every player. But where did he go in in your mock that you did? Uh, he went. It was not a mock. It's uh, the draft. The oh, that's draft. right. The real one. Yes. Yeah. The real um, one. He went sixth. So that's right in that perfect spot. So that's uh right right there. So good pick, cheesecake. Doc to you for seven. Uh, I'm going to go Jose Ramirez, uh, a guy that has been very Jekyll and Hyde the past couple of years, but second half of 2020 in this past season uh, has really just seemed to turn it on. A 266 or 268, 36, 104. And I look at that with, you know, the the Cleveland Guardians. He could be a trade candidate. You never know with this team if they're selling their best players like they just did with Lindor. So figure if he does get traded and he goes to a better offense, he's getting a huge bump. Okay, I like it. And obviously, you get one of the best stolen base players in the game. Even if he moves to a good off, a better offense, he could have better chances if they do trade him. But he's a safe pick. He's someone in roto formats that's a, a no doubt about a first rounder. I like the pick there, Doc. At eight, again, I'm taking value here. For, this was my draft, and I like Juan Soto here at the eighth spot. Someone that's a great who, pick at eight. Someone yeah. who had uh, an over 500 OBP in the second half of the season last year. That's so he's crazy. Getting, yeah, he was getting on base more often than he wasn't. Like that's that's just a crazy stat to me. And he did that with a Nationals lineup that is not a great lineup. And you know if they're not going to pitch to him, 
then he's not going to swing. And they had, I believe it was Nick Pollock that put up the graphic of how he doesn't swing at the high fastballs and just how much he takes those pitches consistently. So one of the best things is he knows his zone and he's not chasing anywhere that he's not comfortable swinging. And it's worked out really well for him. I think he's someone in this format. He's obviously a great batting average. I think he finished second in the National League in batting average behind Trey Turner. Didn't quite reach 30 home runs, but you would think in a normal season he's probably going to get there. And again, he's he's a very safe guy to have as a first-round pick, so I'm happy to get him there. Zach, back to you for number nine, for the last pick that you're making for a team in the first round. All right, so we are going to go with just because I feel like there's a lot of hitters that are good left. And I don't know if I would do this in a 15-team league, but I'm going to go with Corbin Burns. Corbin Burns, okay. So this is, I think, like you kind of mentioned in your draft that you did, and I'm sure it will shake out that he's going to probably be one of those pitchers that's the end of the first or someone takes his a, a back-to-back with it, the last pick of the turn there. I think this is a good spot for him. We're, let me ask you this question. Going from his 2020 season to his 2021 year, did you have a lot of Corbin Burns? Or was it one of those, you got him in a few places, but you weren't fully in what you saw, and you weren't ready to spend the third to fourth round capital he was costing last year? Oh, no, I had a shit ton of Corbin Burns. Um, I um, I think I took him in the middle of the third in a main event. I, I bought him in a lot of the auctions I was in. I Corbin Burns is one of my most owned players this year. I think, uh, one, one, of the, one of my things this year was... Uh, um, I felt that the innings caps or limits or um, transition from last year's short season was going to be overblown. And um, and that's one of the things that worked out for me. There's a lot of things that didn't work out for me, but that's one of the things I felt that did work out for me this year. It's perfect. And yeah, you nailed it. And he was going around similar guys. The only one that comes to my head, I know that was right in that range, was Kenta Maeda. And goodness gracious, look at that difference. That if you went Corbin I, I, I was in 60 leagues this year. Yes, how many Kenta Maeda share that? One, a zero. zero. Yeah. Zero. <laughs> that's, zero. I mean, that's all. Awesome. Big zero. That, that's definitely, a, uh, I mean, when you can get someone in the same area of your draft as much as you did and avoid the other one that was just an absolute just dumpster fire for everybody, that's, that's a process that you have hitting really well. And, uh, I guess who I did have a lot of? Zach, please, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> so he canceled out. Oh. He, he settled. His ADP was ridiculous. Well, Blake Snell was also that area. Yeah, last now. Yeah. yeah, a lot of a lot of Zach Gallen. There was a lot of pitchers. Yeah, right around there. I've heard someone compare um, it like how in uh, in football it's running backs go hero RB where you take your stud running back and then you draft a bunch of wide receivers and take one later on in like the fifth sixth round. It mm-hmm. kind of if you did that with starting pitcher. It sounds like if there's a lot of landmines in that area where if you went, you got your ace early on, yep. and then you pretty much just got a bunch of hitters, and then you picked up like a Sandy Alcantara or, you know, a Gosman, Musgrove. Gosman. Yeah. Uh, I know oh. Phil Dussault, that was his guy, was Kevin Gosman. I think he even mm-hmm. said that on uh, an SP Streamer podcast. Like, that was a good winning strategy this year. So, yeah. worked out Absolutely. real well. Cheesecake, who's your last pick in the first round here? This team is going with uh, Walker Bueller right here. Trying to get some of the top-end pitching talent. All right. I dig it. Ace for the Dodgers and pitched a lot of innings this year, which I don't think many people expected 
to start out the year with mm-hmm. Dodgeritis, but injuries mm-hmm. played a factor, and he's definitely worthy of the pick there. Doc, your pick. I'm going to go the pitching route, and I'm going Shane Bieber. I know he only threw 96 innings this year, but I, that actually kind of encourages me a little bit that you don't have to worry about some fatigue next year. Had some really good outings this year. Um, had 44 strikeouts his first four games, so that upside you can't pass up on with the 11th pick. All right, that's fair. That means that leaves me with – We just went three pitchers in a row that last names begin with me. Burns, Bueller, Bieber. That's pretty funny. So it, if this is me at the last pick here. This is a tough decision with those three pitchers going. I have to decide if I'm going to get one pitcher here, go double pitch. I like going pocket aces usually if I'm in the back end. Uh, that's that's something I try to do. But if I feel like if I don't get a pitcher that by the time it comes back to me, that it, I'm really going to be struggling to find somebody that I can trust that is the top of my staff here. I'm not ready to pay up a first-round price for Robbie Ray, obviously, who was one of the, obviously going to win the AL Cy Young. Yep. I this, this is the part where I think I would get ballsy. And I would decide if I would pay up for either a Julio Urias or a Zach Wheeler with one of these picks and then go position player. No, you can't take Zach Wheeler. He's mine. <laughs> Wheeler Rise is coming off 20 wins. Zach Wheeler really looked like an ace this year for the Phillies and is for a great offense. I don't, again, as things play out a little bit more, I don't know if I will necessarily do this then, but I'll, I'll probably at this point go Zach Wheeler and Vladimir Guerrero with my Good two picks. picks. Ooh. And I'm happy. I was very big on the Vlad breakout last year. Oh my gosh, David! I'm not. I'm not going on the whole spiel about it. I'm not going on the whole spiel about it. Thank you. But I'm not prepared to spend a top five pick on him. I am happy to take him late first, early second. So Zach Wheeler, Vlad Guerrero, get a a solid pitcher, get a good bat, send it back over to Doc for your team here. Uh, I'm gonna go Bryce Harper, the MVP of my home league. Uh, You know, somebody that hit over 300. Really got hot at the end of the season. I think the second year into his contract year, there's a little bit less of a burden on him. 35 homers, 84 RBIs, 13 steals. He's a stud. All right. I like the pick, and yeah, great value there. Um, close, might be in the running for the National League MVP, too. So uh, I like the pick. Him and Shane Bieber is a good pairing at the 11th pick. Cheesecake, your pick. You have Walker Bueller on this team. Tough one. Yeah, it's a tough one. I'm trying to think. Cause if I'm building this team, Panic! if I'm building this team, I, I might, I might look and say that there's a there's a guy who's a five to it. Well, hmm, do I go with him? Hey Art, what was the name? Do the I last do, name of the Giants' second baseman, Joe? What? Um, Joe the Pan- Giants' second baseman. Oh, you let him make you his idiot. Okay, so okay, so I so there's too much there's there's too much going on here. Let's see. Um, how much do I do? See, we you said we have some time to think this over. There's no there's no there's no clock on this. I want to talk through my thinking, but then I think it's going to screw with me later. All right, I'm going to go safe here. 
I'm going to go safe and say Freddie Freeman's my next pick. It's a good pick. Uh, because I feel like it, it, it checks a lot of boxes on starting your offense after Bueller. I, I, I wish we auto drafted out of Arto Mondesi for you. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fantastic. All right, Zach, it's your pick. This is the Corbin Burns team. This is the Corbin Burns team. Um, I thought about going pocket aces here, but if I was actually, if it was in a mock draft right now, my pants would be down to my ankles. Right now, before I before I selected this guy, um, Ronald Acuna Jr. Yeah, value. This is. I, I was wondering when is he going to be back? Is he going to be back for the start of the season? You think? I don't know, but like he picks sixteen. Yeah, pretty that's fantastic value. I I'm wondering where his ADP is going. I'm assuming he'll probably be like in the back end of the first. At least it'd be well. It's an ACL in July. I haven't heard any updates on. This is the last one I'm going to reference your draft for. Where did he go in your draft? Um, let's look. He went pick four. What? Wow. Mm -hmm. He tore his ACL in July. If until we get more information, I don't think he will go that high. I think that was an anomaly. But I think, um, like you guys are saying, back end of first. Back in the first in these fifteen teamers, so this is a twelve team. So eh, that could have been about right, but maybe I was getting more excited than I should have. No, I mean, I, I, again, I think this is good value from at this point for sure. And a twelve team getting him close to the middle of the second round, almost like I think that's that's definitely right where I would value him now. I think that's a great pick. Um, this is my next pick. It's the Juan Soto team, and I'm deciding between two players here. Do I want to go the pitcher or do I want to get another hitter? And I think I'm going to go the pitcher here and I'm going to go Max Scherzer at this point. Uh, I hate you, David. And <laughs> him and Juan Soto, I think, is a good pairing here to have in the middle of the draft. You got an ace that you know is going to probably, as long as he's, I mean, he seems like one of those guys that's just going to keep having and having and having. You thought he was going to fall off this year. He ends up having one of his best years he's had in recent seasons. So, he had his best, best whip season ever. Yeah, so one so to Max Scherzer, I'm happy with that. Back to you, Doc. I can't believe I'm drafting this player. I really can't. Kyle Tucker. <laughs> On the Jose Ramirez team. So you're definitely yeah. getting, you're getting you some, some a lot of speed and power there. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is like an all or nothing team. If they really all click to start out, like you're gonna have a lot of Exactly. Games. Uh, but obviously, I have my I have my safe team of Bieber and Harper, and then I have my wild card team of Joe Ram and Kyle Tucker, and then we'll see who I pair with Mookie. All right, there you go, Cheesecake Bobichet. Who's he going with? With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ah, okay. So, I think think this team is going to go with Julio Urias as the second. Bobacha, Urias, Urias. Julio Urias. All right. 20 games. I saw Luis Urias. <laughs> Where? Do you guys remember a 20 Boy, game Boy, did you guys winner? see him? And he's, he's ridiculous yeah. this year. Go ahead. Um, 
has there ever been a 20 game winner that's been this disrespected as far as Cy Young voting? It feels like he's not even in the same ballpark. Ian Kennedy. Did he get twenty that year? Yeah, I thought he Ian like, Kennedy he, had Ian Kennedy had twenty one wins that year and finished wow. like fifth in Cy Young voting. That's pretty wild. That's a good comeback. That's crazy. All right, Zach, your pick here right. with Garrett Cole. I'm going to try a pocket aces team here. I'm going to take uh, Brandon Woodruff. Brandon Woodruff, nice pick. Garrett Cole and Brandon Woodruff, pocket aces at the top. Brandon Woodruff, the surprising number two now for the Milwaukee Brewers, is a, a very been very stable. He's obviously also looks like he's going to be one of the guys in leading in innings pitched every year. He's just very, he seems like he's a very safe pick there. Him and Garrett Cole at the top right there. I love it. My last pick here I have with Fernando Tatis Jr. And I think it's tough to pair with Fernando Tatis Jr. See, like this is too early for me for Marcus Semien. I don't think I want to spend a second round pick on him. Not knowing where he's going to end up. Yeah. Yeah. You think it's where he'll end up? No, I'm not. Like, what team he'll end up on? Oh, that's a good question. You you don't know where he's going to be. If he's in Toronto, then you can make a case for it here. But I don't know. You can make a case for it anyways. But this is the first time in the draft I'm actually really struggling and not having any idea where I want to go. So if I had this pick, uh, if I'm here, as crazy as it sounds. I'm really chasing to have a category locked up. I think I'm going to go Starling Marte. Starling Marte, who just, just got over 40 steals this year. I'm not saying he's going to get that next year, but if he gets 30 steals, him and Fernando Tatis, I might have to worry about steals for the rest of my draft, and I can attack other things. And they both get hurt, and then you're depleted at steals. No, it's an all-or-nothing approach, less like you're... Your other team there, your Jose. I love it. I love it. You have to do that sometimes. Yeah. Again, I don't know if I would necessarily do that in the real draft, but for right now, I kind of think it's an interesting build and to see kind of where his ADP settles in a little bit. He was 10th in the Rasball Player Raider last year. So someone I'm comfortable taking there for now, but we'll see how that changes there. Uh, Let's go back now to Eric, your last pick with Mookie Betts. Lance Lynn, baby. Lance Lynn, steady as they come. (laughs) Mr. Riding Pat. with my guy. Riding with my guy. All right. I don't know if I would take him there, but I get I get it that you're riding with your dude. It's Show a box, though. Shohei Otani with? Oh, this is a tough one. I think um, uh, I'm going to go with uh, with Rafael Devers with this one. I, I was nice thinking pick. of a lot of different directions, okay. but Devers is my guy. Him and Shohei Otani makes a strong pairing there at the top. And now we finish up with Trey Turner at the number one pick. Who is he getting paired with before? Obviously, the pick we're not going to make, but... I guess I have to save the show here and make sure that Mike Trout doesn't come out of the second. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of forgot about Mike Trout. I I thought about him with the last pick. I said I wouldn't take I him in a second because I don't know what the hell's going on with his calves. Like what? Like he's got like the longest calf injury in the history of mankind. Like yeah. he's living like with no like there's no such thing as medical intervention. He's living like in the 1700s. Like I don't know what's going on, but I don't know. Uh, I said I I profess that I didn't take. Well, I wouldn't take Mike Trout in the second round. It's too early, but I don't know. I think it's different when he's staring you in the face at pick 24. And you have Trey yeah. Turner and Mike Trout to start out your draft. That's pretty. Yeah. That's pretty sick. I, uh, 
I have. I was looking I have a, at Cedric Mullins too, and Ozzy I, I need to see. Hey, I need to see. I need to see it from Cedric for another year. I love him, but I need to see it. Cedric went pick thirty in the draft that I that we completed already. So he went like it was a fifteen teamer. So he went. He was the last pick of the second. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, power speed, man. Like uh, he's gonna. He's not gonna make it out of the third round in any of these drafts. I don't nah. think. No, no, he won't. Um, some interesting names. I'll be interested to see kind of where they start settling in. Like, where does Salvador Perez go? Is he a third round pick? Is he a fourth or fifth? I think. I feel like a lot of drafts he'll go like that JTR where he used to go, right in like that third, fourth round. Especially him setting a record for home runs for catcher. Uh, you maybe you have uh someone like uh Robbie Ray. Where does his ADP settle in? Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a couple of guys that are just like, hey. Is their price going to be so outrageous that I'm just not going to have any of them just because I don't buy that any type of value that they're going to be priced at? So, um, but I'm glad you picked Mike Trout because I would have kicked myself if I had forgotten <laughs> about him. But save the day. He did really. What, save what about him. what about Degrom though? No one picked Degrom. Nah. Yeah. yeah I, I think he's I, third I rounder. Think. Yeah. I think third round. You take a chance. He 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 was yeah. supposedly throwing off the mound. At the end right, of the season, but right I, now in October, what do you do with yeah. him? Like it's different. Like when you see him pitch in spring training and he's yeah. throwing 100 miles an hour again. I just I was talking to another high stakes yeah. player, the, the Guilds, yesterday, and he's saying like if, if he's throwing in spring, he's a first rounder. But the fact yeah, that he's, and, he's not. And I guess and I guess for right now, like Trout and Degrom, it's not like oh they just had like one injury plague season. Like it's been two or three years where they've had nagging injuries add up where. I feel like you have to factor that in their ADP. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. We'll recap it real quick. 12-team mock draft, two rounds. Trey Turner, Shohei Otani, Mookie Betts, Fernando Tatis Jr., Garrett Cole, Bo Bichette, Jose Ramirez, Juan Soto, Corbin Burns, Walker Bueller, Shane Bieber, Zach Wheeler. That team with Zach Wheeler then picked Vlad Guerrero, Bryce Harper, Freddie Freeman, Ronald Acuna, Max Scherzer, Kyle Tucker, Julio Urias, Brandon Woodruff, Starling Marte, Lance Lynn, Raphael Devers, and Mike Trout. There's your top 24 as of October 14th. Obviously, that's going to change a lot, but kind of just a dry run here at a two-round mock draft. Went very swimmingly. It was a lot more organized than I thought it would be. Great analysis from everybody here. Let's move now to the next part of the show, and I don't have my soundboard hooked up. So, Eric, do you want to give us a sound as we transition to our question of the week? Oh, yeah. Question right, of the week time. All right, I'm going to clip that. That's going to be our new clip as we go in there from now on. I love <laughs> it. That would be awesome. <laughs> our question it. of the week is sponsored by Monkey Knife Fight. Of course, Triple Play Fantasy is an affiliate to Monkey Knife Fight, the fastest growing sports betting site in the United States. New depositors receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 using promo code Triple Play. So as Nike says, just do it. All right. Our question from Doc this week, which player in Major League Baseball can eat the most slash has the biggest appetite? So, Zach, you're our guest. So, question's going to you first. Who'd you pick? I would pick probably the player that I think has the most raw talent in the Major Leagues. He may not be the best player, but I think he is the most talented player. I think he can do anything that he can set his mind to and be the best. And that is Shohei Otani. That's who I would take (laughs) in the the, the eating contest. He's a big dude, too. <laughs> he's, he's like 6'4", right? At least, yeah, he's, he's a beast. I think, yeah, I know Tani would eat anyone under the table. I couldn't be surprised. Yeah, he does a little bit of everything. He's, he's secretly can eat a lot. Who knows? He can, he can hit, he can eat. 
I like it. Uh, that's that's not the route I thought this would go, but I totally respect the pick there. Doc, who are you going with? Go, go to Cheesecake before me. Okay, Cheesecake, who are you going with? So uh, my my instinct was to say Pablo Sandoval, but he got released by Cleveland after the trade. So that, I thought, that was my initial one, too. Yeah, I'm going with Dan Vogelbach just because of the man. That was like, one of mine, really, but I'm glad, I'm glad really I have a pack it away. <laughs> I, I'm glad. I'm, that's why I wanted Cheesecake to go first because I had a couple. <laughs> so, Vogelbach's a good choice. You could go Bryce Harper. If you followed his Instagram back in the day, he would literally just post food of whatever city he went to. But I actually looked this up statistically, and I'm going Alejandro Kirk. Uh, he, has the, he has the highest Perfect. BMI of any player in history. His BMI <laughs> is 40.3. Bartolo Colon is second. So I'm going with the guy with the highest BMI. Uh, hey, I, think you guys said, I think you guys said all the He's a numbers guy. Like some people, some people draft based on field, but he's, he's, an, he's an analytics he's an analytics exactly. guy. Comes to the exactly. Uh, well, Doc, we needed the analytics for that question there. I'm not going to say. Provide them. <laughs> I'm not going to say anybody because I think you guys already said all the good ones. I am going to throw some old ones that could have been in there. How about Levon Hernandez, Cece Sabathia for sure, Cece Sabathia, Dimitri Young, the uh, meat could have also could have also thrown in obviously uh, Pablo Sandoval, Prince Fielder, Sabathia, just some a bunch of big guys from our past. Bobby Jenks, remember Bobby Jenks too? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, other guys that I think if they David, David Wells, yeah, David Wells is a good one. Oh, I was. Yeah, Todd Coffey. What's his, what's his body mass index? Actually, what's his actually better question? What's his blood alcohol? Oh wow! I think we did that question one time. When we were like, which one? Which player do you think can drink the most? I think we did that a while back. Uh, all right, great question of the week there from Doc. We're now going to go to our game of the week. Don't have the soundboard hooked up, so imagine there's a sound there. And Doc, what is the game we're playing? All right, so the season is over. We obviously, we did some drafts. We, you know, we made our picks on certain people. Let's just see how close you follow statistics. So what I have is a category of each group. So for example, catcher, there's four players, and I'm going to give you a triple slash, the home runs and the RBIs, and you have to tell me which of the four players it is. So I have one for each position, then I have a starting pitcher, and then I have a relief pitcher. Sound good? So we're going to go David, Art, Zach. And then Art, Zach, David, etc. So the first for the catcher position, the triple slash is 263, 343, 439 with 17 homers and 73 RBIs. The choices are JT Real Muto, Yadi Molina, Will Smith, or Omar Narvaez. And David, we're starting with you. Will Smith. Okay. Art? Uh, I think that's JTR. Or the other choice, Omar Narvaez, and who else? Who was the other choice? Um, Omar Narvaez, Will Smith, Yadi Molina, and JTR. I'll go Narvaez. I know it's not Will Smith. Will Smith had more home runs than that. All right. Well, Art's on the board, maybe because he's a JTR owner. That is his triple. That's his line. Very underwhelming for the number one catcher. All right, we're going to first base now, and Art's beginning with this. A triple slash of 261, 347, 476, with 27 homers and 88 RBIs. Your choices are Jared Walsh, Josh Bell, CJ Crone, or Eduardo Escobar. And all these people have eligibility, by the way. So I know Eduardo Escobar 
primary third base, but does have first base eligibility. Um, right. Josh Bell. Okay. Zach? I'll go Crone. And David? Eduardo. R2 for two. It is Mr. Josh Bell. Jeez. All right. We go to second base, and Zach is... And Zach is starting. We have a triple slash of 254, 331, 449, with 23 homers and 86 RBIs. Your options are Jonathan India, Ty France, Ryan McMahon, or Jonathan Scope. Scope. David? I'm going to go Ryan McMahon. And Art. Um, I'm going to go with Scope as well. David crawling back in. It is Ryan McMahon. I felt oh, like you guys were going to say Scope. All Church right, so ap- after three, David's got two. Or Art's got two. David's got one. Zach's got zero. Zach, let's see if we can get you on the board with with, with this one. David, you, you are starting out the triple slash, 256, 353, 387 with 13 homers and 64 RBIs. Your options, Yoan Moncada, Yandy Diaz, Alex Bregman, or Evan Longoria? It's like Alex Bregman's supposed to be a, quick, a trick question. Well, like, well he, I mean, he's, he's, he spent time on the IL. Yeah. So. What was the first name you said? Yoan Moncada. I'm going to go Yoan Moncada. All right, Art. Um. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Longoria. On, no, no, I'm gonna switch it up. Sorry, I'm gonna say Moncada. Oh, you okay. copier and Zach. Just repeat the OBP. Um, three fifty-three. Okay, so it's not Moncada. Moncada was like in the three eighties. Um, I'll go with Yandy Diaz. You are on the board. It is Yandy Diaz. And David, for thinking Alex Bregman was a trick answer, he had 270, 355, 422 with 12 and 55. So kind of right in that range. Oh, that's interesting. I knew he missed time. I didn't know his line was that, though. Yeah, it wasn't very good. So we have three left, and we're starting with Art on this one. It's the shortstop position. The triple slash of 298, 373, 522. Your options are, or with 24 homers and 90 RBIs, your options are Brandon Crawford, Rake Cronenworth, Xander Bogarts, or Dansby Swanson. Uh, Crawford. Okay. Zach? Cronenworth. David? The answer is always Brandon Crawford. The answer is Brandon Crawford. When anytime Brandon Crawford's there, it's always Brandon Crawford. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, Art with three, David with two. Yeah. All right. The sixth one, outfield. And Art, we are, um, Zach, we are starting with you on this. A triple slash of 253, 308, 497 with 33 homers and 89 RBIs. Your choices are Adalas Garcia, Avisel Garcia, Kyle Schwarber or Ryan Mountcastle? 
And I, I'm telling you guys, everybody is in like the same kind of category or grouping. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, that that three ten OBP is really low. Uh, can you repeat the answers? Uh, can you repeat the question? Uh, the uh, options. Yeah, Adalas Garcia, Avicel mm-hmm. Garcia, Kyle Schwarber, or Ryan Mountcastle. Mountcastle. Okay. David? A VCL. And then Art? It's a Dulles. I think a VCL had a higher batting average. Schwarber had a higher OBP. And Mountcastle also had a higher batting average. I, I think it's a Dulles. 300 OBP. Well, Zach got it. It is Ryan Mountcastle. So go uh, ahead. Are we all tied 2-2-2? Two, two, yeah. No. I think I, I almost said a Dulles, but I knew I, – I, I was looking. I, a Dulles, I think, was under 300 OBP. Was he really that bad? All right. So going into the final, going into the final question, Art has three. David and Zach each have two. David, we're starting out with you, and it's a starting pitcher stat. So twelve wins, a three point three seven ERA, a one point three three WHIP, in one hundred sixty three innings pitched. Your options are Chris Flexen, Tyler Molly, or Wade Miley. Say the second one. I'll go. I'll go over the answers again. Chris Flexen, Kyle Gibson, Tyler Molly. Oh, uh, he's left me on a. I have no idea the, the fourth one again. Um, uh, how many? Did you say how many strikeouts Wait. they had? No, no strikeouts. Twelve wins, a three point three seven ERA, a one point three three WHIP, and one hundred sixty three innings pitched. I think it's. Wade Miley. Okay. Art? This is impossible. Um, I know one strikeouts not. Would, would, would be helpful. Them, I didn't hear the, the internet was cutting out for me um, for, during that. So yeah. I'll, I'll, I got, after, after Art goes, I got, I'll, I'll go over the answers again. I got Flexen, Gibson, Molly, and Molly. Miley. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to say Flexen. That okay. might be bad. I'm going to say Flexen. And then Zach. I'm going to say Flexen, too. It's Wade Miley. I knew so, it. Oh. Yeah, oh, David knows I'll never take a chance to – or never pass up an opportunity to give a jab at Wade <laughs> Miley. So we have a bonus one for relief pitcher. So I'm only going to give you three three uh, stats on here. Because strikeouts, that definitely helps way too much. So 15 saves – a 2.81 ERA and a 1.22 WHIP. Your options: Scott Barlow, Richard Rodriguez, Dylan Floro, or Diego Castillo. Art, we're starting with you, and then David has a chance, or David has a guess after. Um. Okay, that is 15 saves. I'm going to say it's Castillo. I'll say it's... Who are the first two? Scott Barlow, Richard Rodriguez, Dylan Floro, Diego Castillo. Dylan Floro's name just keeps sticking in me like a, like a thorn in my side. He's got Dylan 15 Floro. saves. I, I don't think he did either, but... David got it! Oh! 
So why would the strike coach have given it away? Uh, I just felt like with pitchers, it, it was me. a little bit more. Uh, it was a little bit more helpful. Yeah, I, I wanted. To, I wanted. To, I wanted to make. I wanted to make the tiebreaker one something where it's just completely. Yeah, those, those are those are tough, man. Those are those are really tough questions. Are so questions. they were all within fifteen to seventeen saves, a two six to like a three one ERA and a similar whip. All right, well, I'm I'm going to celebrate my win as my uh, my wife. I need to log off, so I will uh, wrap this up really quick here. Zach, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. An absolute blast, long overdue for us. Uh, so really appreciate you coming on. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. you guys. Were a lot of fun. Thanks, man. And um, of course, you're always welcome back anytime. We uh, we love people like you that fit in with like we like doing here. But for people right, that are not more. familiar to you, that might be living under a rock. Can you tell people where they can find you on Twitter and all the great stuff that you do? Yeah, you can find me, um, do the Draft Champions podcast, at Draft Champagne. Find me there. My name's there at the bottom. Zach Roto is my tag on Twitter. Um, that's about it. Right. Make sure you follow find me. The, find, me the, find me in the draft rooms where, I'm, uh, where I have my gambling problem. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. You got Doc's interest for sure there. Uh, but hey, 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 slide in the DMs of the Triple A Fantasy account anytime you like some bets. I'm always happy to right. talk. There we I go. Will. I'll, take, I'll take you up on that. All right. All right, let's do it. Everybody, we appreciate you watching, listening, however you consume Triple Play Fantasy each week. We truly appreciate you. Next week, we're going to dive into some more offseason content with another great guest. I'm sure it'll be another fun episode, so make sure you stay tuned for that. Until then, everybody, stay safe, enjoy the playoffs, and we're going to make like a bread truck, and we're going to haul these bucks. Catch you guys. Bye.